Welcome to the Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, the podcast dedicated to commercial food equipment repair industry. My name is Pat Finley. I'm a Lead Master Certified Technician at General Parts Group and a Certified Special Trainer. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries a field service technician can work in. I love the work I do, and I'm glad you're here listening to this podcast. Today we talk with Joe Block from General Parts, Minneapolis, Minnesota. So what's going on, everybody? Tonight I have Joel Block on. Joel is a technician of General Parts out of the Minneapolis, Minnesota branch. Um, I met Joel just from social media stuff and come to find out we're, we're co-workers. So thanks for coming on, Joel. Thanks for having me, Pat. Yeah, it's amazing all the people I talk to online and come to find out they work for GP or another parts town company or something. And uh, it's cool. I've met a lot of cool people out there. So look forward to talking to you see what you have to say about the industry. Yeah, same. You know, um, I actually, I saw us come up in a few emails, um, your name and my name, and like people asking like, hey, can you guys write up a blog about this? Or what do you guys think about that? And I'm like, who is this guy, Pat? You know, so <laughs> I was digging, trying to find out who you are. Yeah, I always crank out some blogs. And uh, anytime Steven's stumped or needs something, I try to help him out. Um, yeah. He's a pretty good guy. and He's helped me out a lot, so I help him out any chance I get, so. Oh. It gives me something to do. I like writing them. It's, it's different. At first, it was terrible. Like, I'd write a bunch. It didn't make any sense. And then Steven would have to spend a day just, like, going through it and trying to make sense of it. And then now he's, like, he changes, like, two or three words. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. He he talked to me about, what were we talking about, cooling fans or something one time. And, and uh, I happen to be just really, really busy. And so I'm just sending him, like, little notes, like, okay cooling fans you know keep them clean you know they're gonna protect your computers just some vague stuff and then all of a sudden he sends me back this long nicely written out you know blog with just the the points that i gave him so you know i didn't have to do the writing he took care of that part yeah he does that a lot of times with me too he like just starts sending me random questions especially if he does not busy he'll just ask me random questions and like he's hunting for information then all of a sudden he sends you this like four or five paragraphs like well that's amazing and then yeah. all of a sudden, my name's tied to it. I'm like, well, I just like answered some questions, but hey, I'll take it. Well, he's doing his job then. That's good. Yeah, he, that's what I tell him. I was like, man, you're amazing with words, dude. I said, I'll stumble and look like a fool, but I can fix anything in the world. So Yeah, right. There's a place for everybody, and Stevens found his, I think. So <laughs> Good. So uh, you said when you – how did you get started? Did you Were you the one that said that you were like a part runner or a warehouse person or something first? or? Yeah, um, I – to skip a bunch of the beginning, man, I, I moved from Fargo, North Dakota, out west to Portland, Oregon, um, right after 9-11. And at that time, like at 9-11, I was delivering auto parts, right? I was the Napa guy driving around with the little truck with the little hat on top, delivering auto parts. And uh, after 9-11, my shop closed down. So um, I was ready to get out of Fargo, and uh, I headed west and uh, landed in Portland, Oregon started putting out um, resumes anywhere I could. I didn't, you know, I had random experience in things, but I needed a job. I was applying at Subway to make subs. Um, You know, I remember going to the UPS store to be a shipper or whatever, Um, some warehouses, some landscaping, and a warehouse got back to me, and they said, uh, hey, come on in for an interview. I did that. I got the job, $9 an hour to bag and tag parts in a warehouse. Once I got there, I found out what they do. And it was, uh, that was Ron's service in Portland and uh, they do commercial kitchen equipment. So that's how I got to know even what that was. And, and my job was to sit at a little desk. The parts would get shipped in. I'd go through, open the box, get in, uh, get the stuff out. And at the time I had to tag all the, all the parts with the part numbers. And at the time, it was a little gun, and you had to go and dial in, you know, rationale, and then put in all the little numbers, and then tag two parts, change the part number. So, I mean, it was a full-time job. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, did that, and then um, Angela Parks, who's now uh, on the corporate side of GP, um, she was the shipping and receiving lady over there. She was going in for some knee surgery, so they sent me over to shipping and receiving. And I started working with that a little bit. I was horrible at it, but I filled, (laughs) filled the gap while she was gone. 
In the meantime, they hired back the guy that they fired, um, you know, that gave me the spot to get in and do parts. So I was kind of floating. And uh, one day a tech said, um, hey, I need this toaster fixed. It just needs a cord put on it. I'm like, I don't know anything about it, man. It was like, he handed me a screwdriver and, I don't know, pliers or something. And I, I made it happen. And uh, from there, I don't know, I guess um, the owner, Tim Foley, he, uh, he did a lot of uh, – he'd come out of the office to do uh, pizza oven installs, Middleby Marshall pizza oven installs. And so he'd take me out on those things. And basically my job out there, you know, peeling the film off the ovens and, uh, and uh, taking all the bolts and getting them all with the lock nut and the washer, the lock washer and the washer to get the casters on and having an extra hand on the oven when you're rolling them on the, you know, on the lifts like you got to do. So just – you know, helping out basically. Um, and things just sort of progressed from there, man. Guys started taking me out with them and um, eventually I picked it up slowly. Um, you know, I didn't have any tools. Guys were kind of giving me their old tools and, you know, I was still only making a little bit of money. So I'd go try to buy some, but there's a lot of guys just giving me tools, their old tools. And that was gold to me, man. That was, um, that was awesome. And, uh, yeah, lots of riding around with guys. Eventually they gave me this old, uh, Chevy Astro van and this thing had <laughs> the shocks were gone on it and stop. And it would just, and you turn, everything just falling out. It was wild, but yeah. So it was a lot of years of driving that thing around and, and bending pilot tubes, right. And running it, my call was wolf oven pilot won't stay lit right that's that's <laughs> that's the bit i ran around changing basso valves and thermocouples for a long time because um, they weren't really looking for a tech they were pretty stocked up with guys they were just kind of keeping me there doing that little stuff and you know eventually i i moved up and and you know got to go to some rationale training and you know um, figured things out a little bit i remember uh before, like probably around the time that I fixed that toaster, right? So I'm fresh into this thing. And, and they brought me into a Frymaster week-long class. And it was, you know, just age 50s at that time. There wasn't any love or anything like that. And I stuck with them for a little while. And then we started going into just the wiring and tracing wires. And he's got schematics up on the board and and just talking a language that I had no idea what he was talking about. And, <laughs> and that hurt, man. But but maybe it lit a fire under me a little bit. Like, I, maybe I need to, you know, pick this stuff up a little bit and get learning. That's awesome, man. So things went from there, you know, marking parts, shipping, receiving, you know, helping out, and eventually out on my own. That's a, that's a pretty cool little story, man. Just helping out and never know where it leads, so. I That's feel cool. like starting at the bottom is it's made me more proud of what I do today. And, it, and it's made it harder to walk away. Like I've thought about walking away and doing something else a lot of times, but I went through a lot, man. Um, you know, I walked through the fire. I had no knowledge. So I've been out there beating my head against this stuff for so long. <laughs> I just, uh, my service manager, Lonnie out in uh, Portland once told me, he said, you've done so much with so little for so long that I'm, I'm about ready to put you on anything. <laughs> it's like, I did, but I learned the art of uh, talking my way through a situation, you know, using my resources, calling for help, yep. manufacturer tech support. Oh, my gosh. Like, I know all those guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, you Sounds know. like you uh, you had a long way to go like I did. Like I, I was an electrician, so I understood a little bit about electrical, but I didn't know gas. I didn't know plumbing. I didn't know anything else when I started. And my training where I started was – uh, like two and a half weeks, and the day my uniforms came in, they're like, oh, tomorrow you're going out on your own. Yeah, I was like, uh, all right. So luckily, <laughs> I had my dad, and he worked with all the guys I worked with, so they treated me pretty well. I didn't get beat up on. I didn't get ignored like most of the new guys would. You know, there's being a new guy going to the company, they're they're not going to give you the respect. They're not going to do anything. You're you know you got to earn it. So luckily, yeah. he worked with these guys, and they knew him and respected him. So I had it pretty easy. Um, so that helped me out. But yeah, there's days. It's like I can't fix anything. I just beat my head against the wall. And I still have days like that, unfortunately. But sure. I mean, it's the service industry for you. Everything changes. Even when you think you got it figured out, something else happens. Oh, as soon as I think I'm doing pretty good, I already know it's coming. 
I know I'm about to get beat up and it'll take everything I know, everything I've learned, all my resources. Sometimes it still doesn't go. But I like to I like to think of it this way. When I'm sitting there and I'm stuck and I'm like, I'm never going to get out of here. I can remember that I'm not still anywhere. And I've been a lot of places. You know? <laughs> like I'm going to get out of this. Somehow. That's a good way to look at it, man. Because, I mean, <laughs> I'm guilty as everybody else. You get that one call first thing in the morning and beat you up and you just let that ruin your day. And I try yeah. to... I try not to let it do it, but I mean, it happens. It's just part of it. Um, but I like your outlook and your your uh, your look on it, your take on it. So I'm gonna start using that, man. <laughs> right? It, it helps because sometimes it's like, and I won't leave. Like I don't, I don't pull out. I don't just mm-hmm. say, "Well, we'll come back and check this out." Like nope. I have to have some sort of solution. Now I have some different solutions sometimes, but you know. I need to try to order this part, come back and try this in there before I can move past that because I'm stuck on that, but I can't prove it type of a thing. But um, I'll stay and grind because that's how I learned, man. I learned by just getting in there, digging in. Sometimes when I follow guys up, I'll just go that extra distance right away. Take it apart. Look at it. See what's going on. Turbo Chef, pull the mags right away. Pull them. Open stuff up. Mm -hmm. You know, the answer's in there somewhere. That's awesome, man. I love this, dude. You, <laughs> we haven't talked until today. Just, you know, short comments back and forth on Facebook. And I'm glad this actually has happened because you're a pretty cool dude, man. <laughs> so. Uh-oh, you lagged out just a second there. Probably just on my side, but I missed the question. I said, uh, do you do just cooking or do you cold side as well? Yeah, just hot side. Man, I've been hanging on tight to that. <laughs> There's days I wish I didn't do refrigeration, man. When I first started, I was hot side only for like three years. And my I have ADHD, so I get bored real easy. And I got bored real easy with the hot side stuff. And uh, I wasn't doing anything crazy. I wasn't doing combis. I wasn't doing microwaves. Right. I was just doing, you know, the basic ovens and steamers and that kind of stuff. And I got bored with it. And I wanted to do refrigeration. And unfortunately, you know, where I was at, didn't want to train me. So I, I left where I thought was something better. And it really wasn't. But, you know. Uh, I end up pretty much being self-taught refrigeration, and there's, you know, like you said, you don't leave. You got to stick it out, man. I can't leave. I gotta. I have to have some kind of resolution or know that I'm making a best attempt to fix it. So, I mean, I've came back on Saturdays. I've stayed, you know, 15 hours on jobs. You know, yeah. it, it's just I can't. I can't leave it. So, yeah, you're a lot like me. <laughs> And it's nice to be, I mean, for so long, I was the low guy on the totem pole, right? And so I felt like if I'm there this long, it's because I'm dumb. I'm not getting it, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody else probably would. These days, I feel, I don't, who else am I going to go to? Uh, you know, it's like, I have to do this. And I know that uh, me leaving and bringing someone else in isn't necessarily going to be the right answer. You know, I have to... I have to figure out because who else is going to do it? <laughs> yeah. Everybody always asks me, like, why don't you call the factory? I'm like, if I have to call the factory, it's going to be a really bad day for me and the guy on the phone because he's going to want to start at the very beginning. I'm like, no, go to the back of the book because this is where we need to start because I've been through all this. But And you have to tell them sometimes. You got to yeah, yeah. tell them, like, I know you talk to idiots half of your day. Mm-hmm. And I'm an idiot too, but I've already gone up to this point. Yeah. So if you feel like you need to go back through that to feel good about it, like sometimes I'll call and I'll be like, because I know a lot of the guys that text yeah. support, I'm not afraid to call. And I'll be like, Marshall at Alto Sham, are you ready? Did you have lunch yet? Because we're about to deep dive this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I always tell them. I was like, if I'm calling you, it's going to be bad. And generally, <laughs> I'm, I'm bad about like once I give them the model studio, I'm like, what can I help you with? And I just start rattling off all kinds of readings and information. They're like, oh, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. What have yeah. you done? And I tell them, they're like, oh, okay. So they yeah. know. So I just I just bombard them with information off the bat, and hopefully they uh, they catch my point and, you know, that I'm not someone new that just started or something. <laughs> yeah, right. What's the gas pressure? It's good. Dude, that is my <laughs> biggest pet peeve, man. I got a guy that's been doing this 17 years. He had called me, you know, an issue on a fry or something. What's your gas pressure? Uh, it's good. No, no, no. <laughs> It's good is not a, a reading, bud. It's good as you just telling me it's good. So, and there is that, but I've also had guys when I'm talking to tech supporter or something like, "What's the gas pressure?" 
it's good. I know it's good. I've recorded it. I know what it's supposed to be, but I've moved on and I'm thinking about something else yeah. right now. Right. So that goes back to mm -hmm. I'm up here. You're still back here. Like I've already come through this. It's good, but I get it. Right. Again, <laughs> they don't talk to us every day. Right. They talk yeah. to, dude, they talk to Johnny Wrencher from, you know, whatever. Anybody calls tech support. It seems oh like. yeah. Bit, owners that lie text that lie people are you know they talk to plumbers working on stuff that hey you know they ask me look at this what's this do how do i turn this thing on you know i mean yeah and i'm not beating up on nobody you gotta start somewhere but um at least have some information for them and, and yeah. know how to use some tools that's a bad thing you hear horror stories all the time about guys at the factory well i had to explain the guy how to use his multimeter i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh well, that's a good place for, uh, you know, if they can somehow funnel that through to their newer tech support guys, right? Mm -hmm. Newer tech support guy, handle this guy, right? Uh, I think Blodgett was doing that for a while. They'd have guys answer the phone, and I would tell them, like, I need help with this. Like, can you, you know, and they would bump you up to, you know, DJ or the next guy because they're like, okay, I only handle, you know, DFG 100 questions. I don't <laughs> handle, you know, the comedy questions. Yeah, yeah, that that's a pretty decent point. I almost wonder if like Well Bill's doing that now because they they know who you are by your phone number now and name. So I wonder, I almost wonder if they're doing the same thing behind the scenes and we don't even know it. Ah. yeah, they know who you are, but they still ask you every time. Oh yeah, just to verify. <laughs> well, I mean, people get fired and give phone, you know, companies yeah. just share phones. You never know. True, true. Some of the smaller companies probably, you know. I know we disable the numbers and give a new number out, but you know some companies don't do that. They just set a phone in the drawer, next guy gets that phone and all the numbers and hope it's not bad. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, that can get weird. Well, so let me go back to I got my own van, right? After after going through some stuff back in Portland at Ron's service. Man, mm -hmm. they treated me like family. I was there for 13 years. I heard a lot of good things about them, man. Yeah? Dude, we yeah. we did a lot of rationale stuff. We had we installed a ton of ovens we we did everything we had some good guys over there um and uh dude they saw stuff in me that i did especially the owner tim foley like he kept he kept going to bat for me man because i dude <laughs> a lot of that time i wasn't living a life conducive to being a technician i was still young and partying and stuff and i'd be calling in sick sometimes and doing stuff like that and, and he kept me around man and um but eventually, uh, I heard, well, Braun's service felt like it was something was going on there. And every, there was rumors and everything. And right at that time, I was approached by a mechanical company that said that they were gonna, they had a small local chain burger place. and um, But they're going to try to get their hot side going. And so they offered me $9 an hour more to go over there. And, um, and I talked to them a bunch. I didn't want to leave. But, man. <laughs> I did it. I left them and it was hard. Um, you know, I felt like I owed them a lot, but I left and it was a good move, man. It, it worked out awesome. It was a union company. Like they had plumbers, they had, you know, every, they had all the guys, uh, pipe fitters and, uh, you know, sheet metal guys, refrigeration guys. But us, there was two of us that just did hot side and they kept us out of the union. And so what they ended up getting drummed up for us is they took, AltoSham uh, warranty work and Electrolux warranty work from Braun Service slash General Parts, which it turned into. At the, during their switchover, we ended up getting those. And so I worked on AltoShams and Electrolux combis all day, every day, except for some 1980s fryers here and there. <laughs> and so that was five years there, just me and a guy named Jake who came over from Braun Service with me, a young guy. And we ended up, I mean, I ended up getting the, the tech of the month thing with uh, Alto Sham and our little company with the two of us, we got uh service company of the year from Alto Sham. Um, you know, if they're doing it on numbers, that's cool. There's just two of us running around just doing that. So, um, but that was awesome, you know, and then we started getting that company a bunch more work. And eventually I found myself married with kids. My wife's from Florida. I'm from Minnesota and we're in Oregon. And it's like, man, we, we need, we're taking vacations to Minnesota. I don't have a babysitter. I don't have any family here. So we're like, well, let's move to Minnesota. And uh, so I called around everywhere before I moved here. And, and eventually I landed with General Parts. And it's it's been awesome. It's been really good. 
That's cool. So you've been here, what, five years, you said, right? Yep, five years. Made it through uh, COVID. Um, That's probably that was- scary for you because they uh, the way they did the, the COVID layoffs kind of scared a lot of people. Um, yeah, and I stayed on, which – I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that. I think they because at our branch anyways, they just like seniority cut, kicked it to the curb. I'm like I'm like you could have got rid of this guy and kept this guy. I'm like I you know, but I mean that wasn't my decision. They had they, they had little time to do it and they just did it as fast as they could. I get it. It seemed like a rough job. I mean, I don't know. I that'd be tough, but oh, yeah. I, and I don't know it who made the decisions, but no. at our place it wasn't seniority. Uh, I was there at only for a couple of years at that time, and I stayed. And there were guys that had been there forever that got laid off. Yeah. And that was tough, man. I was there when they were leaving, and I was like, you know, yeah. like, I was happy to be there, but that was tough. But I was so grateful to still have a job, even though we're cut back oh. to 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever seen 30 hours. I stayed pretty busy. I um, did too. <laughs> I, I've worked more hours this first few weeks until someone at corporate caught how many hours I was working and all of a sudden they're like, he can't do that anymore. Yeah. And they're like, well, no one else wants to work and he's just doing it. So sure. um, I stayed pretty busy and it's, it's never really went away. It's pretty much been that way since the get since then. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a crazy time. So I got, did I you guys it. lose, uh, lose office people and stuff too? Yeah, we lost, um, uh, we had a shipping receiving person we lost and then we had, yeah, yeah, we lost shipping receiving person. We were down to eight guys in, so we didn't have a huge office staff. We had um, two managers, we had a dispatcher, and we had a shipping receiving person. So, so the two managers kind of fill in everywhere else where it's not needed. So right now they're they're doing shipping receiving. Um, we're back up to eight techs now. Oh, we've yeah. hired a bunch of new. Yeah, we've had a bunch of new new people with no experience start. I mean, no experience in the true industry. So. My son, if you see me post stuff that says my trainee as a young guy, it's like 20 yeah. years old. That's technically my son. He gets mad if I say that. But <laughs> so, like, all the posts are like, uh, I call him my trainee. <laughs> so, tell him you could call him worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, we've got him, which he had zero mechanical experience. Like, he worked on his car one time. Um, we've got a guy that's done two years of residential HVAC. HVAC. Um, he started a couple weeks ago. We had a guy start last week that trying to find his uh, way in the world. Um, I think his last career was like airplane mechanic or something along those lines. So he's transitioning over to what we're doing. So he wants to learn refrigeration and everything. So we got him. Um, uh, we got another guy that's been in the industry for a little while started. So we're back up to eight, I think, seven or eight. So it's looking better. It's just coming along. But for the longest time, we just we're even getting applicants, man. It's yeah. such a weird time. Right. And yeah, where is everybody? Yeah, right. and now it's pretty much like, well, if they apply, uh, bring them on and see what they can do. So If they apply, give them a try. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough, man. It's like we have three senior techs, me, uh, another guy that's mid-50s, uh, been doing it like 16 years, and we got a guy named Greg. He's been doing this uh, 38 years, I think he said in the last episode. Wow. And he's trying to retire. He's beat up, back, knees. He didn't take care of himself. You know how his job is. And uh, so we have more do guys that need training than we have guys to train them. So it's kind of a, a weird situation to be in. Speaking of guys getting older and getting out, I keep thinking we need to try to find a, a way to take care of the older guys. Yeah. We can't do this forever, but we have all the knowledge. Right, but our knees, are, you know, it's it's it gets hard, dude. And and so these guys just keep going until their body falls apart. And and then what? Like, it, there's got to be a better way. We got to yeah. find something for us to do when we get old. Yeah, it seems like we're just kind of used and then tossed away once we can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I know Parkstown was doing some like tech support stuff. I don't know what avenues could be there, but as far as GP, I'm not sure what's going on. Um. It's weird. Uh, I know they're letting some guys that want to retire go part-time, so they work like three days a week versus five days, try to take it a little mm-hmm. easier on them. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of letting your older senior text as long as they're willing to teach and yeah. do it the right way. Um, let them have the new guys, let them learn, you know, let the new guys learn from them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, older guys are a wealth of knowledge, been doing this for years. As long as they 
are willing to take the time, you know, and do it the right way is the is the key. We can't just have them, you know, point change that, you know, change this, do that, explain it to them. You know, we got they got to know why they're doing it. So it's a it's definitely a weird a weird industry though to finish out. Like once you get to that fifty five, sixty, and it's just you can't do it anymore. It's just what do you do? But I mean, you're not ready to hang it up. And that's one of the things I think it feels like. It feels like the way we do things and the way unions do things need to get aligned a little bit better, yeah. right? Because that's where our guys are going. We've lost three guys to the union since COVID. Yep. Uh, young, good guys, some of our best guys. Mm-hmm. And um, because of the union stuff. And I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't know about union, but, but when they get older, they're set up and they, yep. they leave before they're beat up. And they leave comfortably, and and we can't do that. I mean, we can, right? If we do it all right, and we don't go build giant garages in our backyard and spend all our money on jeeps and stuff. I gotta have fun. I I am the king of poor financial decisions. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Dustin says there needs to be an opportunity for older guys to do training, but they usually still get stuck with running calls as it seems they back out anyway. Yeah. Um, it's definitely weird, um, Dusty. He's a uh, he's the one that's normally in here with me. He said, "Don't be afraid to put in those hours." Man, I don't know. It's a it's a double edged sword. I like to stay at like fifty five. If I stay at fifty five and coast, I'm all right. And I've got it figured out pretty well because if I can get my first call in the morning, I'll just leave it. I have in the morning. If it takes me two hours to get there, if it takes me an hour, I'll just leave at six in the morning. And I'm generally home by. 5 30 or 6 or 5 you know just depends and it works out pretty well because my wife works from home so by that by that time she's just getting off work as us we still do some stuff but i mean there's been weeks on call weeks generally is what happens where i'll crank out you know 70 hours 75 hours in five days it's just like i can't do this (laughs) yeah and i used to do that i've had times where i do do that i've had times where i have to do that because i need money um right now i don't know in the last maybe around covid I'm like, I was home more and I was seeing my kids grow up. I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to take, I need to provide for my family. But that's why I need to work. I also need to be here for them and see yeah. them grow up and stuff like that. So I've, I've consciously backed off of my hours a little bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm there if they need me. If they need more hours, you know, we can do that. But I have to prioritize right now. Right before kids, I was grinding constantly. Yeah. They're little right now. I'm, I need to be here for them right now. But I'm going to be here later on too. So, Yeah, that's a great point to make. Um, when I first started doing this, I, I didn't make no money, man. I, I, I was playing catch-up from my past mistakes. Um, I had to work all the hours I can. I, was, I, I wasn't making near what I was making now. I think I was being taken advantage of by some of the former places I worked at. Um, so I felt like I had to work a million hours to pay bills and everything else. And I missed a lot of stuff. My kids being younger. Um, uh, so my daughter played travel softball. By the time she got to pretty good, um, I was making decent money and we'd travel around. I bought a vehicle just to drive, you know, mm-hmm. bought a big giant Yukon XL and we drove around and all that stuff. And then my son played football. He was very good at football. Um, really good. Uh, probably should have went to college, but COVID hit and he didn't get any, uh, in person, you know, visits or anything. So it just kind of fell to the wayside. So, um, but he was in eighth grade and uh, his game started earlier. They changed the time and I couldn't get there because I was at work. I came home to pick up my wife to go. And um, like someone called me like, hey, Corbin's hurt. My son. I was like, oh shit. Well, he broke his leg. The bad thing was he laid on the field for a half hour before an ambulance could come get him because it was a middle school game. So they didn't have an ambulance. So he laid on the field with no parents there for a half hour. Now, luckily, some of our friends were there and they took care of him. But, you know, after that point, I made a point that I told my office, I said, you know, and I didn't tell him why I did this, but I told him every Friday I will be home by five o'clock because high school football games were on Friday. That was in eighth grade. So um, I made sure, you know, if I was on call, hey, I'll come out after the game. I'll do it tomorrow, you know. And I'd, I'd leave at four in the morning to make sure I get my call volume done in time for me to come home. You know, I'll make sure I took care of the customer too. So, uh, 
time goes on and he graduates high school and last year i think uh one of the guys wanted to start getting off every wednesday at like noon to go play golf with his buddies i'm like seriously he's off every wednesday during summer to play golf with his buddies and uh my dispatcher looks at me and she goes well you used to be off every friday by five to watch your son play football and i was like whoa, whoa whoa i was like i never told you why i did that she's like what do you mean she's like you just want to watch your son play football i was like no i said i made a promise that he'd never be in that position again i explained it to her and she's like oh I was like, so, I mean, I try to do things for my kids, um, but I miss a lot of stuff when they were younger, and it sucks. I mean, I've missed school stuff, uh, programs, birthday parties. I mean, you get addicted to the money, yeah. and then you get addicted to not struggling, too. So it, it's definitely a battle. It's, it's kind of a weird point, you know, weird thing to do. It is, and, and it, there's – I'm starting to get a little comfortable with that, comfortable with my decision to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I've given, I've given a lot to work, and uh, and I've got more to give, but I've also got a family to raise, right? I, you know, I gotta, I gotta have a job, make money to support my family. Yeah. But I gotta have, I gotta be with that family too. I, my job is more than providing money for them. Yeah. I mean, GP has done a big push. So they're, 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 they're seeing that now, and I don't know if that's part of the PT holding thing or if it was a push before, but they're. They're, I know my brain, especially it's, it's more of a, your time's more than just work. You know, they want to make sure that you can do things for your family, do things with your kids. It's become more of a priority than it was in the past. Um, but I'm, I'm guilty about, you know, I don't want to let a customer down or I don't want to let GP down a lot of times. Um, and now it's, it's not so bad because my kids are older, but when they were younger, I shouldn't have done that. I should have focused more on my kids like you're doing now. So that's cool, man. Well, here's another thing. What do you think about on call? Johnny's Pizza calls in, right? Saturday night. Their pizza oven's down. Who's Johnny's Pizza? Not in the system. Never heard of them. Or we've been there once. I need you guys out here. My 40-year-old Blodgett Pizza oven's down, and I can't make pizzas. I'm at, you know, I'm doing something with the family or whatever, even if I'm not. Um, Is it our duty to take that call from someone who doesn't use us normally, their normal guy doesn't work on the weekends? Is it our duty as the repair guys to to leave our our situation? Um, Or maybe, hey, maybe it's on a Tuesday night at 9 o'clock and you got a job at 6 o'clock the next morning. So now you're cutting into my safety the next day. I'm going to be tired. This guy's probably not going to want to pay. I shouldn't say probably, but there's a decent chance, right? He's panicking. (laughs) You know, is it our duty to take that call to go fix him up? Or can we be selective about that stuff? Um, Well, I mean, how we do it is if they're not, if they're a credit card customer or they're not in the system, we don't run it. So if, a call comes in and say they only use us twice a year. They don't have credit terms or credit card customer. We don't run it. But that's a new, that's, it's not always been like that. That's fairly new. It's always been like that in our market. Really? We've never ran anything. Anybody that was COD or credit card, we've never ran them out of Indy. No kidding. Well, yeah, and I that's how it should be. I mean, yeah, I mean, think? reserve it for your top tier customers, manufacturers that are going to prove it, that kind of stuff. Um, that's how it should be because if not i mean they'll beat you up i mean you'll run yourself to death for people that Absolutely. like you said more than likely aren't going to pay yeah <laughs> i mean it's a sad truth we get calls all the time from companies from people that you know wants to fix their stuff and credit card bounces or you know we don't do checks anymore luckily because that was a big thing you know, just write terrible. a check and it's not gonna you know it's not gonna float so they don't care but wasn't it the worst collecting from customers? Like you're there for forever and doing stuff, and then you got it. You know that you now have to back up and be like, "Here you go," and ruin that moment by saying, "Now, here's the bill." And they're like, "What? You've been, you know, what? You didn't even do anything or something." Just- uh, dude, COD was the worst back in the day. We, <laughs> I'm glad that we don't do it anymore. I had 16 years ago. I had an Asian restaurant pay me 832 dollars in one dollar bills. Nice. <laughs> he used all his tip money and paid me. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I called my boss. He's like, "He's like, just go get a money order." And I'm like, "Dude, it's eight hundred thirty-two dollars in ones." 
Nice. It's going to take me like a half hour to get a money order because no one's going to want to count this. It had all been folded and wadded up, you know. Uh, Mike, this is ridiculous. He had $100 bills sitting there, too. And he probably, just probably. He just started counting out $1 bills. I was like, no. I was like, this isn't going to go like this. And sure enough, it did. My boss in Portland, he a couple times, he's like, you know, somebody promised, yeah, we're going to pay, we're going to pay. And then you get the job done. They're not paying. Hey, boss, what do I do? Pull the parts and get out of there. Rip them right out of the oven and leave. <laughs> That's bad, man. That is bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, you do the work. That's oh, I know. They're stealing, right? So. That's why. That's why we, you know, if it's a credit card customer or a COD, which is a credit card now. I mean, we pre-authorize it for a certain amount. I mean, Everything. before we even will go. So, yeah. and I think that's part of the reason why we don't do the overtime things because we have no way to pre-authorize it as a technician. Sure. So. I mean, I've had a, I've had our after hour service of like take people's credit card numbers and stuff. I'm like, like, why are you guys doing that? I'm like, you can't do anything with it. There's no point. Yeah. I'm like, you guys shouldn't even do that. So we used to do that. We write it on the work order. It's <laughs> like, we'll we'll do it next week. You know. Dude, I hated I hated COD. That was always bad. Waiting on a check and then they're just beating you up the whole time to write the check. Well, you didn't even do this. You didn't even do that. I'm like, yeah, I did. Well, I don't know what to pay you from driving from here to here when you, you know, right? It's like it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not here to beat you up, dude. I'm, I I fixed it. Unfortunately, I have to be the guy that takes the check. Yeah, it helps so much now. It's got. I mean, I I feel like I remember back in the day there was all service manager was always on the phone with somebody complaining about a bill or this or that constantly. They just it was like. It was like calling the cable company every couple months to get your cable down. People would call about every bill and see what they could get. Um, I feel like that's not happening as much. Man, we have a customer. Literally, we'll write a quote. I will come in under the quote that he approved, and he still calls and complains about the bill. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you approved this amount, and I came in under it. Why are you calling? Like, You lose every right to complain at that point. Yeah. If I went over, it would be a different discussion. But I went under what you agreed to, and it's still an issue. Yeah, but I gotta say something. <clears throat> so, a uh, chilled guy, he does some pretty cool stuff. He does a lot of residential stuff, but um, he has a good point. He said, Some of the best techs are the worst teachers, all True. the knowledge, but no patience. Um, I run into a lot of that in my position. Yeah, hold on just a second. <coughs> Getting over a cold. Um, so I'm the lead tech in Indy. And I get all the crazy rationale calls people can't figure out, all the refrigeration calls people can't figure out. So a lot of times having a new guy at me does makes no sense because, you know, like you said, you spent your first year bending pilot tubes. Well, guess what? They're not sending me on the Millivolt fryer. They're not sending me on the basic convection oven. They're not sending me on the range. They're not sending me on this. So the guys around me a lot of times don't get to see all that stuff. Right. So there's a balance to it. So I've been trying to make a point to like, hey, you know, rotate the guys around the different guys, you know, so they kind of see a different stuff. Because we all get stuck in a certain genre, a certain niche of stuff we work on. Yep, I'm I'm holding true to the Alto Sam thing. I chase those things all over the place. That's that's been my bread and butter for a good while. I started up four today. One was yeah. a, yeah, one. Well, uh, they're all 480. Is a double stack set of uh, CTP 720s. And then it was two um, 2020s, the big boys. And one was literally three inches from the wall on the left. Nice. In a brand new school cafeteria. I was like, Tons I of room it. in there, probably. Uh, well, it was out on the serving line. And yeah, the hood is under like a six foot hood. But instead of putting it in the middle, they slid it all the way over so they could slide a table next to it. I'm like, this ain't going to work. And that's why we do site, call us, mm -hmm. site survey, do the thing. Yep. Yeah, they're uh, the kitchen people are actually coming back to fix it because we didn't install it. I just went and did the startups, and yeah. I was like, "Dude, this can't be here." And it's like it's sitting on the floor drain. They got the you know the the brass floor drain thing in there, and that's what it's sitting on. I'm like, "You can't even move <laughs> this thing, dude, because if you move it over three inches, it's gonna fall in a hole." I was like, "This thing weighs like 900 pounds, man." Yeah, and then when you gotta move, try to move it to get in the left panel over there. That's what I told him. I was like, anytime someone has a service, this is that they're going to drag it across the floor. It's going to scratch this floor up. I said, move this thing over. I said, get rid of that table. And they're like, okay, they're going to move it. So I got lucky there. But An old uh, contractor on a construction site showed me a trick one day at, at a double stack of uh, 720 
these uh, with a hood and um, I needed to move them and there was tiles and they were sticking up and stuff and I'm just struggling over there. And uh, he's like, hold on. He goes and gets this big sponge and comes over with soapy water and just right around the floor. And went to know that thing just slid real nice on there. Really? Yeah, that a lot more than I thought it would. That's that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So you do a lot of comedy work, I think it then. Comedy? Yeah, pretty much all comedy work. Or... Yeah, I do a lot of comedy work, but... Um, and in the past, I've only done combi work. Right now, because of our dedicated tech programs, uh, here's what I'm dedicated tech for. Altersam, Pitco, Blodgett, and Vulcan. So, I only got the Altersham, a backup rationale, which means they carry like 10 rationale parts. And then that's all I got, luckily. Um I would I, rather, I'd rather just do combi ovens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got lucky, though, and only got the Altosham. Um, I've done rationale. I've done rationale for 11-plus years now. Yeah, I did rationale before I realized their rationale because they were always uh, rebadged with Henny Penny because I was doing yeah. it with Myers. Yeah. And um, I, went to, I went to rationale school. And I was like, oh, I've worked on these. These are Henny Pennies. They're like, no, they buy it from us put their name on them. I was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> so yeah i've i've been to schomburg twice been through uh, you know been through pete's week of training twice um been to alto sham twice but because of dedicated tech and because first time fix is number one um they don't let me work on rationales because i don't have the parts yeah i'm the same way i i get like thrown to them occasionally i'll inst i get install them so, yeah because i'm just when it comes to install, I'm the fastest person and it makes it look the best. So sure. it's, it's always me, but generally I don't work on them. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I, st I do some PMs at schools, uh, a lot of combi PMs. And I've, so I've got 53 rationales at my different customers that I mm -hmm. PM and stuff like that. Yet <laughs> when I PM them and something's wrong, they sent, you know, I do the quotes and everything and then they'll send a rationale guy out. To do the work, so I don't think it should do that. I think it should still be so, you to do the work because you yeah. already diagnosed it. You already know what's wrong with it. It's right? still going to be a first time fix because it's still going to be first time coming out of the park, so it doesn't make sense. I didn't think so either. But I don't. Me and the first time fix thing don't get along. I'm like, because it's it's so unfair. Because like they want to give us our first time fix, but then there's stuff that's not even on the first time fix program that goes towards it. I'm like, no, this ain't fair. Everything. I'm like, I'm like it's it's all calls though. It's not just. The first time fixed program stuff I'm on, the dedicated stuff, it's all my calls. I'm like, that's not fair at all. I was told at my last review that I had the best first time fix in the company, the whole no. company. They're like, how do you do that? Like, estimates. <laughs> right, estimates. You know, I go in there. If I can't fix it, if you just want to see a first time fix, then I'm doing an estimate, you know? Yeah, there's ways around everything. Yeah. If that's I what think... you want to see, we'll make it we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, what else? What else? What'd you do today? Uh, I had the startups. I was a little bit everywhere. Oh, I, had, I had those four startups. Um, you doing any dish machine or disposal work? Yeah. So I had a, a school. I went there to look at a cooler. The cooler is like a 30-year-old Hobart on R22. Coils rotten, leaking, so I can't fix it. Um so this, I heard disposal. I was like, man, what is that sound? It's like it's golf balls in there. It's an old waste king, dude, and the bearings are out of it. Uh, the, the, the disposal's like 15 years old, but the controller that's controlling it's like 50 years old. It, it's just a, a nightmare. So <laughs> the piping's all uh, galvanized pipe. Yeah. It's all just like it's not supported. It's just bouncing around under there. The solenoid's bad. There's a vacuum breaker up underneath the sink, which is against code. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, so I I messed. It wasn't when it was installed. That was right in code. Right? Uh, yeah, it probably was back then, true. So, <laughs> but uh, I uh, I went and looked at that. So I condemned all that. Uh, I'm gonna give a price. Just rip it all out. I'm gonna use the mount for the reuse the mount for the uh, controller and just do everything new. So I was working on that, and I worked on a Crown uh, boiler based steamer. So was this was it labeled Southman? No, it was actually Crown. Oh, okay. So 
this school system, it's how I actually got the school system, was I was in there doing the work on the rationale because they had a mechanical company they couldn't fix the rationale. And they're like, hey, our other school is having a problem with their uh, our steamer. You know anything about steamers? It's like, oh, yeah, I cut my teeth on them. So they're like, well, this guy comes in here like every two, three weeks and just flushes it out. And it runs fine for a week or two. And he comes back and flushes it out. And this thing was absolutely, it was old. Well, it wasn't even that old. It was a, it was a Morgan Forge. And all the air vents leaked. I mean, it just had never been PM'd right. And I came through and I put it on a pump overnight. I came back from anode. I came back on air vents. I fixed steam leaks. I fixed steam traps on the uh, the kettles, and like it ran great for like six months. And they're like, "We're only calling you from now on." It's like, we don't even want anyone else from your company. It's just you. <laughs> that's the best, dude. Yeah. That's the goal, right? <laughs> but then, but then, Market Forge got sold, and all of a sudden, you can't get parts for this this, this steamer, and it's like four years yeah. old. There's right. no parts for it. You're like, so they bought a crown. And they got one big enough. It's like 300,000 BTUs to feed these two kettles. And so I bolted them all together and made it work. It looks, it looks cool. I mean, the kettles are like 50 years old next to a brand new crown, but That's it's nice. got some steam leaks and it's time to descale. It's Christmas break. It's had a, a rough few months where they just run it nonstop. Yeah, I've got schools full of market forges and, you know, there's water valves I can't get. I've already been through, you know, going through all points and finding, <laughs> finding a, you know, stuff that crossed over to, you know, different things. And, and I'm like, start getting ready to get rid of this thing. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's done. So yeah. What did it for me was, is I needed the brass. It had the, the handles on the side you pulled, it had yeah. the brass body there with the balls in it yeah. and it sealed it off and opened it. I, I, I could order one, but I needed two. And he's like, don't order either one of them. He's like, I'm not dealing with it. He's like, they just bought a brand new one. I was like, okay. That's good, man, because it's hard to get people to lunch ladies, right, in schools. They don't want to mm -hmm. get rid of those things. They love them. Well, that's this that's the good thing. The lunch ladies all work for the schools, but the cafe, the food service director is through like a like uh, a third party service. Oh, yeah. He he generally pulls them pretty fast. I mean, they listen to him, so it works out for me. So how are we gonna get some more people into this trade, man? That's that's the the hot topic, right? And I mean, uh, dude, I you don't know, know, man. You're I, doing some things. I like what you're doing, Maliki, like making this a visible thing, and um, that's awesome. I think that's a good point. I've tried to get into schools and stuff like that. My boss is like, uh, you know, that's we've done that. It doesn't work, and and I, I think I've heard you you've done some of that. Um, but just getting these guys that don't know about it, right? They're all going yeah. into HVAC because they know somebody that's got a boat and a nice truck and stuff like that, and they're doing HVAC. Well, how do we get them to come over here? Don't tell them about the grease and stuff and just slowly get them into it? Dude, I show them it all. I don't care. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if you see my post the other day about that tripod I changed, how that uh -oh. place looked, dude. It was – that was like the worst – I. Worst place I've ever seen. It was terrible. But, I mean, I just, like, try to show stuff I do, cool stuff we do. And, I mean, I show it all. They all show the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. I mean, I don't want someone to come and think it's a cool job. And all of a sudden, you know, they're underneath a fryer pointing grease and they're cussing me out because, oh, it looks cool, but now I'm covered in grease. I mean, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, that's how I all started. Like, I had Instagram and I was following all these HVAC and these plumber guys and electricians. And, like, they had these huge followings. I'm like... But there's no one, you know, like me out there was doing this stuff. So that's what made me start it all. And then the podcast was just a joke, man. Like I said, I got ADHD. And I was like, one day I was like, oh, I want to do a podcast. You know, no one talks about us. You know, just being greedy. And um, I <laughs> forgot okay. about it. Yeah, I forgot about it. it uh, I was walking by Gary's office because Gary's based out of Indy. Uh, oh, that's right. He lives well, you in see Indy. him all the time, huh? Yeah, when he's in town. He's hardly yeah. ever in town right. uh, anymore. So, uh He's like, hey, Pat, I want to talk to you. And I was like, oh, shit, what do I do? <laughs> he's like, no, it's good. It's about your podcast. I was like, oh, he's going to tell me I can't do it. And then uh, he's like, no, we want you to do it. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, I want you to do it. Uh, we want you to help you out, you know, and we'll you know, help with sharing the stuff and everything. So it's pretty cool. Nice. They've, uh, they've been behind me and supported me 100%. Um, I've done a lot of cool stuff from it. You know, I, I went to, to NRA last year. Um, I went to Cefesa, but that was just probably more because of my um, award. Um, that was a cool experience. I'm going to NAFM. I'm doing that on my own. So I'm actually going to go down there on my own and hang out with a buddy of mine. He's going down there and 
I'm going to talk to some manufacturers and stuff, see if I can't line something up too. So, cool. but mainly I'm just trying to show what we do, man. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to work something out with Rich. We've been talking a little bit. I need to get him scheduled on and have him on here and talk about, you know, what he's doing because he's doing a lot of cool stuff too, man. He, he did yes. that trick or trade thing for uh, Halloween. That was oh, yeah. the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah. So he had like a big poster out there and explained the trade. It had candy for the kids, but you know, that showed what we did. It was cool. Yeah, that's good, man. I mean, who even knows this exists, right? Like, I have I have dudes working in kitchens. <laughs> what are you, an electrician or a plumber? I'm like, no, dude. I I work on restaurant equipment. <laughs> dude, like, just no one, do that? No one realizes that it's a job. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, we didn't realize. You know, we didn't think that stuff broke. Well, everything breaks, man. There's someone to fix everything in the world. And it's a niche too, man. Like you can make a ton of money, dude. There's not we're unicorns. There's none of us. There aren't. It's just us, right? And we have to bring people in. Um, You know, talk about job security. (laughs) There aren't any more. You know, there's a million plumbers, a million electricians. There's just not that many of us, and they could come in here with a little bit of experience. But you've got to, you have to learn this industry. You have to learn. Mm -hmm cooking equipment you can come in with some HVAC experience but dude it's like you said we've been doing this for a long time and we'll still get our butts kicked we still have to learn new stuff all the time if if this technology of how how stuff runs now if when I first started if it was like this back 20 years ago I don't know if I could have done it I mean everything's computer controlled everything's a touch screen everything I mean it's there's wires communication you know, back then it was everything was either line voltage or twenty four volts AC. Now, now I mean, you'll have fryers that have two hundred eight, one hundred twenty, twenty four volt AC, twelve volt DC, five volt DC, three yeah. volt DC. I'm like, how many voltages does this thing have? Yeah, and then keeping track of that, and even if you are using what you already know, trying to trace power, all of a sudden it'll switch to five DC on you, and yeah. it's like, what? I don't, I don't think I have power here. You know. Here's it's, the problem. Like, oh, you didn't see that that changes. Yeah. So now you gotta you gotta be able to, to understand communication, you know, with data cables. And it's just it's nuts. I mean, I try explaining to my son. He's like, Well, where's your temp probe on this fryer? And I'm like, which one? He's like, What do you mean which one? I was like, There's three temp probes. He's like, What? I was like, Yeah, this one measures the oil, this one measures the oil for this, and this one measures the oil level, so it does how full it is. And this one looks like a probe, but it's actually a heater. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, dude, it's 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 crazy. It really is. So, but I mean, I think the younger guys can do it. I think they're smart enough. It's just it's the burnout is what gets them. So I had a younger guy work with us for about a year, and he quit because he was working too many hours. And uh, but the thing is, he didn't say nothing about it. Unfortunately, he just like I asked him, I was like, "Why are you leaving, dude? Said, do you haven't really been here long enough to feel if you know it or not, or if you're gonna like it." And he's just like, he said, he didn't want to work the hours. He said, you know, he said, it'd be five o'clock and there's still two calls on my board. I'm like, don't run them. He's like, well, they're on my board. I'm like, I don't care. I was like, her job's to clear her board. She just threw it on your board. Yeah. You get to it if you get to it. If not, you know, it's going to be there tomorrow. That's right. He's like, well, I never thought about that. I was like, did you tell anybody that? No. I was like, God damn it, man. <clears throat> it's important to be able to work with your dispatcher, dude. Yeah. I, my dispatcher, Patty. Dude, we're like the dynamic duo out there. You know what I mean? It's like we can, we kind of got that, you know, we work really well together and, and that helps. Like I tell her, you know, here's what I got going on. And anyway, it just works really well if, if you have a good dispatcher. Yeah, sure. you got to communicate, definitely. Communication with your dispatcher and your boss, I mean, goes a long way. Um, Absolutely. Me and my dispatcher, we have our days where we fight like cats and dogs. And then some days we're telling jokes, cracking jokes, and we're best friends. I mean, it just, it's just how it goes. I mean, she calls me. She goes, hey, I got a question. I'm like, no, don't even bother asking it. No. She goes, you haven't heard it yet. I'm like, I don't care. The answer's no. Leave me alone. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm full. <laughs> That's cool. So. You think you're going to get any of those new trucks out in your area or what? No, man? I tried. I tried. Where I just you... got mine last week with 16 miles on it. How do you like that truck body? Dude, the truck, the front, the cab, sick. It's so nice. It's so comfortable, um, except for, like, you don't have the center console to collect yeah. stuff. So I had all this stuff, and now it's in boxes in the back of the truck because there's nowhere to put it, is it which a is fine. Or is it, captain's, is it bench or captain's chairs? It's got um, 
it, you can see three across there. Okay, so, so the middle is just as you fold it down. Yeah. So it's got a little holder there, so it doesn't, you know. Um, so there's some. The van is easier to work out. Mm -hmm. truck i mean that thing when you steer it it doesn't sway like this it just holds so stuff isn't falling sliding around um, the back of the truck is isn't set up for it's hard to work out of you know oh uh, yeah it'd be a nightmare for a refrigeration guy or a combo guy yeah and it's hard to get in there and you got to go way in there yeah and it doesn't have like closed cabinets or anything it's just like the whole thing is a row of I don't know, just a shelf. Yeah, I think if it truly was going to work in our industry, it'd have to be like the big giant K KUVs, the big tall ones, you know, yeah. where you put shelves and everything in it and stuff. Um, it'd probably work for like an installer or someone that doesn't do a whole ton of different variety of stuff. You can probably get away with it. But uh, once I seen it, I was like, man, I couldn't do it. I wanted one just because I wanted a truck. But yeah, I was like, I couldn't do it. I have so much. I have a Nissan and mine's jam-packed. And yeah. It's only it's only a third parts and two thirds tools and everything else I have stuck in there. So. Stuff and you can organize it somewhat, mm -hmm. you know. The, in the side door, I keep going over to the side to open the side door. I'm like, there's nothing over here. Everything's in the back, you know. It's <laughs> tall, um, but it's awesome. It's an awesome truck, but um, it's taken a little bit to get used to. Yeah, I bet. I, I was giving Ed a hard time. I was like, hey, I'll take one of those. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't. I told my boss. I said, uh, hey, my truck is ready for tires. I need ball joints. I need all this stuff. I see a bunch of these trucks in the shop. What's up? You want me to get this truck fixed or what? No, I just think, hold off. We'll get to you in a... I think most of them went to you guys. I think so, yeah. How many do you guys get? I don't know. We got four on the road right now and another one in the shop. I, don't know I heard there was 25 of them ordered. Really? Well, I couldn't get vans, so they ordered them. Yeah. I remember that he being ordered, a discussion for a while. Ordered, I guess, for like a year so. I thought Gary said at one point he was going to stock up on vans. Uh, oh, he is. They still are. If they find them, they're going to buy them. It's, yeah. But I don't know. I got my Nissan. So I had a brand new Nissan with like 15,000, 16,000 miles on total of it. I hit somebody. I reared somebody, and that was fixable. But a guy came flying up behind me doing like 55 miles an hour, didn't stop or nothing, and tagged me right in the, in the uh, driver's rear corner. And just buckled the frame underneath it, dude. And uh, it was like 15,000 miles, dude. Uh, and then he gets out screaming, I ain't got insurance. I'm like, well, you just became at fault for all of this, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you just became the proud owner of a total van. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, I bounced around. I had the, the transit. And I couldn't do it because that center console is so high. It sticks out so far. It's like beating my knee. And I couldn't walk into it today. A so, small transit? Yeah, well, the, the standard van transit. Okay. And then uh, I'm back in a Nissan now. Yeah. I'll ride the Nissan as long as I can. I'm not going to go back to a transit. My favorite uh, vehicle ever was uh, um, uh, my boss uh, at Ron's service got me a, a brand new Sprinter van. Mm -hmm. And you can pretty much stand up in the back, and he put up a nice uh, table for me with a vice on it and stuff. So, I mean, carpet it was awesome like and it drove like a car i mean that's that's what i would roll that'd be my choice sir. I, I think there's somebody out in portland that actually has like they took out all the shelves and put all packouts in there oh wow so i think they just did it on their own i'm sure they just did it on their own but yeah i mean you know i i think that'd be the way to go too you're that guy man you've got all that stuff yeah i'm full of packouts so <laughs> i don't have room for it in there because all the shelves hell half my shelves are falling out so do you guys have a lot of roundabouts there uh yeah i mean enough we're uh, you talking about that on uh, your last show your, your tanks are falling out yeah it rips, the, it rips the racks out of the wall the roundabouts do because it's just there's, there's so much weight and it sways so bad that's, because so that's doing the, this bit. that's the point about the you know the truck it's more stiff and rigid it doesn't yeah. sway and that van sway, sways like crazy. And it does. I got one that's loose in there now. I can hear it sliding around, slamming around in there. So I need to go to the nearest weekend and probably bolt it back in and get some time. Yeah. So uh, what do you see the industry going in the next five, ten years? Just younger guys, you know, 40-hour weeks? or Five or ten years, man. I don't know. Um, I don't know about as far as getting guys in. I, that's just a mystery to me. I don't. I don't know how we're going to do that. I think people need to be taking that seriously. 
because um, so many guys are retired, right? We're the old guys now. Mm-hmm. I'm 45. What are you, 40? 40, yeah. Yeah, we're the old guys pretty much now. Uh, yeah, I remember being the youngest guy for years. Up until yeah. like, and now my kid works for me, so. Right. So I don't know what we're going to do as far as getting people in. There's, something's got to give. Um, but as far as the industry, I feel like it's uh, like, like for example, Tech C without those Sam. Right, they'll be like, okay, hold on, let me get get you on taxi, and they'll be right there on the phone. And mm-hmm. They'll be like, okay, show me this, show me that, right? Or I've gone uh, in and worked on um, a couple of things for Alto Sam. They're like, hold on, let me check what's the serial number, and they'll be like, oh, we don't have this one linked. I know Electrolux is doing links, Rationale's yeah. doing links. I remember the last time I was at Rationale class, they were like, our goal is to make it so when they push clean at the end of the night and everybody leaves. And that thing has an error 25 or something, it's going to send us a signal. We're going to send you an email and you're going to be out there and have that thing fixed before the customer even knows that there's a problem. Stuff like that. I think they're going to be more involved. Connected yet. I think we're going to be like, what was it? Myco dishwashers back in the day where we had a Palm Pilot and that was the only way you could do anything with it. I think it's going to be a lot of stuff like that. I think things are going to be linked in there and, um, and they probably won't need us as much, or they yeah. won't need as much experience, right? They'll put the experience guys on the computer and send somebody out to turn the wrenches. Yeah, I see a lot of stuff going, like you said, connected to the internet. And I think a lot of it's going to be like blue Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. It's like you, know, you can link to your phone or tablet, and you know you can get in and check everything that way. If it doesn't have a screen, you can do it. I think it's going to be you know handheld, you know capabilities on stuff. So right, and so then that makes me think that maybe they'd be trying to use cheaper parts so that they can just have guys in the field changing parts yeah and have the brains behind the curtain on the computer or on the link and just just like you do at a uh a hospital or something you got the guy that has the screen with all this the whole system the air handling system everything mm-hmm. he can just change everything the controls guy yeah the controls guy that makes all the money in the world yeah, that's us we're gonna be the control guy Dude, I, I heard rumors of controls guys in India making like $140 an hour, and they just sit and stare at a laptop all day and press buttons. I'm like, this is nuts. It's like a video game. It's not even yeah. real. It's just on your screen. Uh, I mean, with us being as high demands we as we are, I think wages are going to continue to increase, hopefully. Um, and I hope I think that's going to help bring in new talent, younger talent, and get talent from other places. So I'm hoping that trend continues. Yeah, I think back in the day, like when I started, um, there was a lot more <clears throat> like what I was doing with just ovens and thermal thermal couples and, and stuff like that. But like we're saying, things are getting more advanced now. They need to pay us like like that because you can't have Johnny come in and just like changing out gas. It's not all about gas valves anymore. Yeah. You know? And that's when you're yeah, in that's contact. That's when you're in situations like me. It's like. I don't get to see some of that stuff I need to see to train some of these guys because, you know, whether they that's the case or not, it's like, well, we pay him X amount of money and it's not worth sending him out on this kind of stuff. So they can have they can have mid-level guys training. Yeah. Them. What's yeah. wrong with that, you know? Yep. Yeah. I think that, and I've seen companies do all different kinds of things. There's certain companies where, say, if you're in a training program, it's a year-long program and, your first six weeks, you ride around with six different guys, different guy each week. At the end of the six weeks, they all talk. Okay, is this guy going to make it? You know, is this, yeah. can he do this, this, and this? And then once they decide they're going to keep him, they let that guy come in. Okay, which one of these six guys is your mentor? He's your best friend for the next year. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so, you know, I like that concept. But um, right now, we're just kind of bouncing around guys around from guys, to, you know, from people to people. So they each get to see a different kind of thing. Um, so we'll see how that goes for us right now. See how that works out. And that way they, they get to sorry, they get to see um, guys do things so differently. Guys mm-hmm. attack things differently. Deal with customers differently. Yeah. Uh, you know all that stuff. Like if I break my arms off today, I can go somehow deal with customers. That's that's yeah. I'm better at that than turning wrenches. Oh, I'm, yeah. That's I'm, <laughs> I'm far better at talking to people than I am fixing things because I can have a mad customer and by the time I leave, they're my best friend and I didn't even fix it. I mean, it's just if you can talk to somebody, this job's a lot easier. It makes it a lot easier. And don't beat yourself up if it's not fixed because it was broke when you got there. I keep hearing you say that. And I like that. 
Yeah, I mean that's dude, that's that's how I've been since I started. And my dad told me that he's like, Hey, it was broken, you got there, don't worry about it. I'm like, Okay, it makes sense. And on top of that, I've I've made a rule for myself, like I'm not gonna on a Friday, I won't go work on a piece of equipment that works. Like if I have a part, I got a unit working and I need to go in there and maybe change something that I said I was going to, I'm not doing that on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you go work on something that works, when you're done, it doesn't work. Yeah, you just created <laughs> you know, a big old storm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So we've been talking for about an hour and five minutes, man. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, uh, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, though, man. It's, it's nice to talk to you, and I, hopefully I can have you back on here at some point in time. Um, so you work out of the Minneapolis branch. If you want to tell people your social media, you can. If you want to stay private, you can. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I just put it all out there because I like showing what I do. Um so. Yeah, dude. Um, like, I mean, Facebook, I think you've got me tagged in, in this stuff. Come over and see me on Facebook. If you're friends with Pat, that means I'll get it because I keep it kind of whatever. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's about all I do as far as social. Uh, I got a job in the family. Hey, did I tell you congrats yet for um, your uh, tech, tech of the year through Cefesa? No, man, I appreciate it. You probably yeah. did on one of my posts. My post kind of blew up and like I lost track. I've never that's had a post blow up like that. Uh, that's that amazing, cool. man. That's amazing. Dude, I had no idea. <laughs> that's a cool story. They led you along there. Oh, yeah. They led me along. Dude, Dan Reese is my buddy because I teach for Cefesa. So Dan's yeah. my buddy. When I go to Cefesa, me and Dan eat dinner every night. We're smoking cigars. We're drinking bourbon. We're like best friends you know, for like nine days. And he wouldn't talk to me. I was like, oh, he's just really busy. He's like, man, I couldn't talk to you. He's like, I would have told you. He's like, I would have gotten in trouble. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, but no, I was awesome. I want to have you back on because I want to talk about um, tech council stuff and some other things we can do in the future. So I'll send you an email. We can reach it. We can talk about some other stuff. Maybe in a month or so, we can revisit and do this again. Cool, man. All right. Have a good night. Cool. Thanks for having me. See you guys. Yeah.